Welcome back to This Is 30 Podcast with your host, Ash Turner. This podcast is all about helping you navigate your hot mess 30s. Each week, we'll bring you a podcast with our regular panelists, the gents and the ladies to come together to discuss all things impacting our 30s and making us hot messes. Let's just say there is nothing off the table here. This podcast is a safe place to learn, open your mind, understand different perspectives and journeys, and laugh a little at our stories and journeys. Life is a little messy at times, but you don't need to do it all alone. So let's get straight into this week's episode, which is a hashtag group chat. Okay, welcome back to This Is 30 Podcast, your podcast all about helping you navigate your hot mess 30s. Today, we're going to be talking about forgiveness, letting go, and healing. And the wonderful experts that I have online today, they're all hot messes and experts in forgiving and healing and letting go. I have Courtney from Brisbane, Petrina from Brisbane. I have Sarah from Brisbane. Uh, oh, no, Sarah from uh, Newcastle, sorry. And I was looking at Belinda as I was saying that, and Belinda from Brisbane, but is currently sitting in Newcastle next to Sarah. Welcome, everyone, to today's podcast. Good morning. Hi. They're, so, they're so lively today. So Sarah and uh, Belinda, they're going to be like our giggling girls today because they're like best friends sitting next to each other and they sound like they've had about five coffees each already this morning. So it's going to be a vibe. Yeah. Oh, they've got beers out. What are you talking? That's why they're giggling. I'm on holidays. <laughs> this is a holiday. I love that. Everyone starts drinking at 10 a.m. on my podcast. Like, I thought that everyone would be appropriate and be like, oh, no, it's not 11 yet. No, no such fucking thing. Especially when everyone's pretty much an ex-Darwin person. It makes sense why we all start at, like, 9. But I wanted to go through, in particular, if I find my little mouse again and it doesn't freeze on me, is around facts. I always love getting some researching. Everyone that knows me very well, I do like to Google shit a lot. And then I go into this little hole of just research and data and facts, and I love it. Petrina had to sit next to me for years at work, so she knows exactly how my little brain works. But I came across um, a study, and interview um, on the fightsiteinstitute.org where they interviewed about over a 1,000 people in 2010, especially just in America, about forgiveness and stuff, which I thought was quite interesting. So I'll just read out some of the facts, and if you have any thoughts, you can jump in towards the end. They said 76% of Americans believe people are generally forgiving. 58% also agree that in some instances, people should never have been forgiven. In 58% of those, unforgivable offences include 41% said murder, 26% said abuse or sexual crimes, and 22% said any intentional crime was unforgivable. Um, And 60% believe that forgiveness would first depend on if the offender apologised and made a change. What are your thoughts on that? Did any of those stats sort of surprise you at all? It's interesting. (laughs) That is interesting. I think, yeah, obviously murder is unforgivable. Yeah. Without even a doubt, that is unforgivable. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Petrina, any, any thoughts? I've seen your any, brain. Yeah, 
Oh, look, I, I totally agree with, um, you know, some things are unforgivable. That's my personal opinion. Um, I thought it was interesting, though. It was quite a high stat that said um, any intentional crime is unforgivable. What if you're a little yeah. brat and you graffiti a wall? Mm. Yeah. You're going to feel remorse. I find that interesting. I thought that was quite interesting to say, mm. got the murder, got, I understood the, you know, the sexual abuse and everything like that. But the mm. anything like intentional crime, it's like <laughs> you fuck up once, you're gone. Like, that yeah. is it. Like, yeah. But it conflicts with saying that most people are generally forgiving. Like 76% said they're generally forgiving. You're like, mm, really? <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, people are generally quite forgiving, I think. And, but it's just interesting to to hear those sort of stats and stuff. And I did giggle at the 60% believe that forgiveness would depend if the offender <laughs> made a change or apologised. And I went, well, that's not going to happen in most cases. So good luck with holding your grudges, people, because <laughs> it doesn't work that way. So I thought that was great just to set the scene for everyone. But the first thing I really wanted us to talk about is forgiveness. And I feel like I've had a lot of these podcasts and conversations lately, literally recorded one yesterday about forgiveness with infidelity and cheating and all that sort of stuff, which was very eye-opening for me. It put me in my place probably a little bit as well. But with forgiveness, everyone has their own sort of version or definition of it. I've just wrote down my definition being forgiveness is letting go resentment anger and vengeance you're releasing that you're not holding on to it in your heart and your soul anymore kind of thing that was my sort of interpretation of forgiveness um anything does that not agree with any of you or is that pretty much in the same lines of how you've seen forgiveness Mm, i've got a slightly different opinion i I see that as letting go when you're letting go of those feelings Mm -hmm. i think forgiveness for me is more about uh, releasing the other person of any feelings of guilt or wrongdoing. Wow, different sort of perceptions with that one. Mm. And that plays into, we'll go through some stat or some sort of another bit of research that I found is around the three types of forgiveness. So you've got a different version, I've got a different version when it comes to three types, which is fascinating because I thought it would be quite similar in that. But no, you're more forgiving than me with letting go of the other person when I'm not like I'm that. <laughs> yeah, there we go. So you've just taken us through that, Petrina. Courtney, I want to pick on you next. Like what are your thoughts on forgiveness towards other people that have sort of betrayed you and hurt you? What are your thoughts around that? How do you it's, let go? I think it is very dependent on the situation situations will differ um, depending on what happened who was involved stuff like that so in some cases I have been able to forgive in some cases I haven't Um, and I think I agree with Petrina there's a difference between forgiving that person and or releasing your own feelings and I think in some situations I have been able to forgive that person not let my emotions kind of continue along that trajectory with that person Um, and in other cases I've just had to release my feelings of that situation so um, I, I definitely think it is a different feeling depending on what happened to you. It's not a one-size-fits-all. It And that literally links in with the three types of forgiveness that I'll go through in a second. So, um, Sarah, what about yourself? What are your thoughts around forgiveness? 
So um, I've had a fair bit of trauma in my life, unfortunately, <laughs> um, as you do. So childhood trauma was massive for me. Um, and I think, you know, now that I'm a mum and I have my own children, I didn't really have a great relationship with my dad and my stepmom. Um, and I've had to essentially forgive them just to free myself from that, you know, that pain and be able to allow my children to have a relationship with them because I think it's very important for them to have a relationship with their grandparents. So I'm kind of putting my thoughts and feelings aside and saying, okay, look, I'm going to forgive you for the sake of my children, not really for myself, but for my kids because they deserve to know their grandparents and, you know, and they're great and they're great with the kids. So, you know, that's all I can ask for is that they're great with that. But I felt like I had to do it for them. You know, that's a selfless act that you just need to need to do for your kids as a mum. So, yeah, I think if I didn't have children, I would be in the same spot and be not very forgiving. But as a parent, you just kind of go, okay, need to do this for them. Love that. What about yourself, Belinda? I've had some not very nice things happen to me um, by people. And just for my own mental health, I guess, I forgive but I don't forget and I very rarely would give another person another opportunity to do me wrong um on some occasions I've completely cut people off because I'm like what is wrong with you and why would you do this um but then on other occasions you're like okay well what you did wasn't so bad but I'm not gonna let it happen again Mm -hmm. so you know you sort of protect yourself and like Sarah said your kids like you and your kids as long Mm -hmm. as you're happy safe you know, yeah. I, I can forgive and I reckon just holding on to everything just like festers in your soul. Yeah, 100%. And, yeah, it's good for everyone just to let it all go. But, yeah, like Courtney said, every situation is different. Yeah. So it, it all depends. Mm. And Petrina, what about yourself? Anything else to add? Um, I, th- I think you're right. It's, it's, one si- it's not one size fits all. Um, but then you have to when you're making that decision on whether you're going to forgive, are you going to let go? Um, it comes down to, is that person going to be in your life in the future? Because that might influence whether you need to forgive them or not. Mm. Um, yeah, that's the only thing I would add. Love that. So the three types of forgiveness, and I honestly did not know this before probably a week ago. <laughs> so this is something today's years, years old that I figured this out, basically. Um, the three types of forgiveness is number one is exoneration, where you're literally wiping the slate clean completely. All parties have taken responsibility. It's not even a thing anymore. You don't even bring it up. It's done. Uh, the next one is forbearance, which is a partial apology or your part to play in it. You're sort of taking your responsibilities like half-half, but it does mean that you stop dwelling on it, the offence, you release those grudges that you're holding on to and you, you banish the revenge fantasies. The slate is not wiped clean completely, but it's that forgive but not forget sort of mentality. So it's that middle ground. And then the last one is called release, and that's your lowest level. So it's never been acknowledged and never will be acknowledged with an apology. And this tends to be for most survivors of abuse, affairs, betrayals of friends and everything like that, that are at this sort of level. The release demands that you stop defining your life by that hurt. You let go of that burden, but it kind of becomes silent. It's like silent in your sort of body and your soul and your life. 
Um, and that this was sort of referenced by Dr. Marmer's work. So I did a lot of research on that. But it did open my eyes to those different levels when you think about certain situations in your life and the level of forgiveness you have gave to those types of things. And if I think about just my domestic violence thing, it was interesting that I probably sit between the release and the forbearance thing because I've banished all the grudges and the revenge fantasies and everything like that. Um, you sort of forgive yourself, but you you never forget it. But it's a bit of a release as well because I'll never get that apology, nor do I want one from him kind of thing. So it sort of sits in forgiving myself kind of thing, but not being able to manage that sort of other release of it from the abuser as such. So what I would love to hear from all of you is how do you, what's your sort of forgiveness process? Like how do you forgive yourself versus that other person? Because I think that does change um, at times. So, Courtney, I'm going to pick on you first. How do you go about forgiving yourself versus others and what's your sort of process? So I think um, for myself, for both of the two things that I think about in my life is time. It's mm. always taken time to forgive myself or release my emotions about that situation. Um, with one particular scenario, when I was a lot younger, um, I was about 13. And this has to do with my mum and some some stuff that happened. Um, and she continually lied to me. And I didn't probably resolve that until I was about 20, maybe 21. So it took me a long time to release those feelings or understand why I had those feelings at the age of 13. Um, I think I was pretty arrogant about, no, nah, mum lied to me, that's it, I'm done. Like, I didn't talk to her for about five years um, and I refused to go on holidays to see her. So time helped me, but it also probably helped that I matured because I got older, so I started learning things. But we had a sit-down and we had a conversation and I started to understand why she did what she did, why she put herself in that position and what happened. And I understood that because I was older. So I was able to release her. She apologised. She felt bad for the situation. And we have a relatively okay relationship now. Um, my other situation, however, was an ex-partner of mine. And I will never get an apology. I don't want an apology. But I have learnt to forgive myself for being part of what happened um, and what part I had to play in that breakdown. So I think two different things, but time has always played a massive part. My mom probably took about seven years for me to get through it. Um, my ex-partner probably took me probably eight years um, for me to actually Relieve, relieve myself of all those feelings and kind of put that in my past and not allow that to play a part of who I am moving forward. I just want to say that I'm very proud of you. As a fellow Scorpio like yourself, we are very good at holding grudges and burying people in our minds, literally. So very proud that you've actually got to that position. Well done to you. <laughs> like, 
Because we can hold a grudge. Let's just Absolutely. say that. Absolutely. <laughs> we can hold that. Petrina, what about yourself? What's your sort of forgiveness process with yourself and others and that? Yeah, look, it all comes down to um, distance for me. I have to distance myself to give myself, to borrow Courtney's um, term, time for me to be able to get perspective. Perspective is what allows me to forgive. Um, knowing what serves me, knowing if that person's going to be in my life or not will influence if I forgive. But I, I find it hard to forgive if I stay in the, in the moment. Um, I really do need to pull back, have some distance so I can mull that over in my head. And that yeah. time, you know, that might be a couple of weeks, it might be a couple of days, might be a couple of hours if it's something low level, or it could be, you know, months. Or years. Yeah, <laughs> it, could, it could be. Um, I, I'm never impulsive, uh, so I mm. never re – re I'm just not an impulsive person. I don't retaliate. I don't do um, – you know, I don't react in a drastic way. Uh, so I'd much prefer to pull back, disappear, think, 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 perspective – and then approach that person if I need to sort something out. 100%. You're being self-aware of how you sort of are because if I ask myself when I was 20 if someone's in my face wanting an apology or they're like, oh, please forgive me, done, they're dead to me in that second because if you don't give me that fucking space and that yeah. time to really think through all your intense emotions and stuff like that, you do make really rational decisions. You're like, you're dead, goodbye, that is it. And once you say that, it's done. Like, you, you're you not coming back from the grave for that one. We are not in Doctor Strange, if you have already seen that, where he comes back to life. We're not doing this. Okay. Um, what about yourself, Belinda? What's your process? I, uh, like Katrina, I, I have to, if I get pissed off, annoyed, something happens, I have to walk away, take a minute, think about it the best way to respond, approach, whatever. Um, the biggest thing I've ever had to forgive someone for would be someone who I thought was a very good friend of mine um, went into my handbag and took all of my personal details and went on a credit card applying spree. So it was a whole big, long, like, court process. She was found guilty. I'll never get an apology. She never felt bad for anything she ever did. But for myself, like I previously said, I forgive her, but I will never forget what she did to me. And I will never give her that opportunity ever again. I don't forgive her. Because that destroyed no. my life for about a good two years. Mm -hmm. I don't. I saw the hell you went through with that. I do not forgive her. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I love Best friends will person. never forgive. Like, no, no, like uh, you can no. forgive, but the best friend will never forgive for you. <laughs> Trina and I like that. She's like, I forgive you. And I'm like, well, I fucking don't, okay? No, <laughs> I like that side, little on the side. Like, no, I don't. <laughs> That's how it works. Like, Sarah, what about yourself? So, okay, so with me, I guess, I don't know. I mean, look, I choose to look at the situations that I went through when I was younger and this is kind of like, you know, talking through a therapist in years of all that stuff. Um, I kind of tend to look at it like, okay, yep, this really crappy stuff happened to me when I was little. But you know what? I'm going to choose to look at it and go, because this happened, my children will never go hungry. They'll never be dressed in rags. They'll never, you know, not be able to participate in sport or, like, go to camps and all of this stuff that I never really got to do a lot of that. Um, so I think that they've you know, in their in, in a weird sort of way, I'm a better parent for it because mm. now I've gone, I don't want to be like that. So my way of sort of 
forgiving, I guess, is that, you know, okay, yep, this happened, but I, I wouldn't be the great parent that I aspire to be if it wasn't for that treatment. So I'm kind of trying to flip it and not be resentful and not be, you know, hold that grudge. I'm just sort of, you know, and I haven't gotten an apology from a couple of the parties <laughs> and I probably never will, to be fair. I don't think, I mean, maybe when they're on the deathbed they might say sorry to me, but I've never gotten that and I'm, I'm, I'm aware, I'm aware, you know, I won't get it. But it's okay because I'm choosing to look at it in a different light. Mm, there's um, a powerful quote. I can't remember who it was. I think it was like a psychiatrist. And he said, with all of like your parenting and childhood, especially the traumas and stuff, mm. you'll either become your parents or you'll become complete opposite. Exactly. And they really talk about that, especially when you come from abusive sort of childhoods, you get to choose if you become that or become complete opposite. But I think that's like with all of us, with all yeah. our parenting, you'll, I say to my parents, like, I'll take little bits that I love about you and little <laughs> bits that I hated about you and I'll change that. And they're like, what do you mean? I'm like, mm-hmm, yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's a lot there, but you just yeah. you take what you, you loved and what you didn't like, you change that. Yeah. I think that's really important as well. And I was looking just at the seven steps of forgiveness that came through and we've pretty much hit the nail on the head with everything that we've sort of said. They said number one is you have to acknowledge the hurt and the situation for what it is. Yeah. Two, you've got to consider how it's hurt you and impacted you. Three, you've got to accept what you cannot change and that it has happened. Uh, four, you have to determine whether you will forgive or not, and that's the response, and that's your response sort of towards it. Five, you've got to repair your pain as you're responsible for your healing and re reconcile any damages around you or with that person if you choose. Then uh, the next one, I forgot where I was up to. I think it was six. <laughs> six, learn from that situation is a big part. And then the last one is to forgive, which is to let go of the pain, the anger, the resentment, and the vengeance. Move forward, keeping in mind that you do not always need an apology from them to move forward because words mean nothing until you apply that meaning to them, which when I was reading that, I was like, oh, shit, like things that you don't, no, like you don't know that, but you do that naturally. I think that's so cool. Um, but you do get stuck in some of those parts, I think. And that's where it sort of plays into some of those three types of forgiveness where we've just gone through. You don't get through the full cycle potentially and all the steps. So my next question for you ladies is healing. Because I know we've all been through so much shit as a collective. We should all write a bloody book together with all the shit that we've been through. So I would like to know your tips on healing from your pain. Like what has worked for you, number one, and what hasn't worked for you? Um, because I know that we, as you're probably all aware of the Kubler-Ross model, the five uh, stages of change of grief, going through the denial, the anger, bargaining, depression and acceptance and stuff like that. We all go through those cycles, but some of us get stuck. And all those little tips that you learn or you hear from people like, oh, do this. You're like, yeah, I'll do that. Doesn't fucking work for me kind of thing in some situations. So I'd like to know what has worked well for you and what hasn't worked well with you when it comes to healing from your past pains and stuff like that. And Petrina, I'm going to pick on you first. Okie dokie. Uh, what has worked? Okay, uh, three things have worked for me. Number one, talking about it. That's really helped. And do you know, that was probably my biggest fear was talking about it. And in fact, I went years and years and years 
of never uttering a word, never exposing what was happening to me. Um, so talking about it, you know, you might think is really traumatic. You might think you're reliving it. You're already living it. Mm. <laughs> talking about it helps. It really, really helps. Um, number two, research. So I'm a bit of a researcher. I'm very much like Ash. Um, researching about uh, the abuse and the trauma and understanding what are the signs, uh, how common is it, why is it happening, um, that really helped me as well uh, because then I could understand, okay, that's what happened and that's why it happened. Um, I'm adding a fourth one. Um, third one was uh, I spoke to another victim um, of the same abuser actually uh, and again, you might think that that is traumatic. You might think that's going to be a really emotional, traumatic um, experience. No, it was the most, the single most healing thing I did um, because I realized he's another really strong, smart, independent, successful woman. And the exact same thing has happened to her that happened to me. We're the same. That's not our fault. Sky's a con man. Um and the fourth one, healing-wise, once I, I realised that and I spoke to that other victim and I realised it wasn't my fault, it wasn't me, um, is forgiving myself and sort of, you know, I had so much shame about it. How could I let this happen in my professional life and in my social life? I'm known as a strong, independent person. How could I let someone do this to me? Um, when I realised, actually, no, this is a thing, <laughs> This is a, a formula, it's, you know, what he does. Um, I forgave myself. I realised it's not my shame to carry, it's his shame. Um, and that healed me incredibly. Great. I love that. Like, and because I, I know everything as well, so you could keep yeah. exploring all that and I could, yeah. I'm holding my face together, I'm not doing that bitch face, like, as usual, <laughs> trying to be nice. But, yes, I will not forgive him for you. There you go <laughs> with that you. one. But one key thing that you said is talking about it or even talking to another victim of the same abuser. Mm -hmm. I remember when I first opened up about my sort of domestic violence and I legit had 10 women contact me online and they said, he has hurt me like that or his brother has. And I was like, I thought I was the only one, but there yeah. was people all before me that had formed that and they thought that he'd broken the cycle with me, but he was the worst with me because we actually lived together. So it was crazy to hear their stories and that, and it just confirms that you're not fucking crazy, like they've tried to convince you for all those years. So yeah. thank and you for that. It's confusing when you're in the middle of it. You're confused. You don't actually understand until you can zoom out and you have other people um, experiencing the same thing. So, yeah. Is there anything that hasn't worked for you, Petrina, that people have told you, like, advice-wise, and you're like, that does not work? Uh, i tell you what um, the worst advice or, or the worst approach is um, there's been a number of people who would say, why don't you just leave him? I don't understand why you can't just leave him. You know, someone who's experienced extreme domestic violence, you know, across a, a range of different things, that's just another put down. That's just another thing that makes you feel unsafe to speak out. Um, it makes you feel shit about yourself. Well, why can't I just leave him? Well, because that is the most dangerous dangerous uh, period in a domestic violence relationship is when the person leaves. That mm -hmm. is dangerous. That's life and death in some cases. Um, plus, you know, you've got an attachment. You mightn't have access to any money because he's got your key card. There's all sorts of things. It's not as easy as 
I don't understand why you can't leave. And some friends get annoyed, frustrated, and then angry at you for not leaving your violent relationship. That's not good advice. Don't don't say that. Don't you know heap extra pressure on someone. I don't understand why you can't just leave him. It's not good advice. <laughs> not good advice at all, especially. Yes, thank you for that. Courtney, what about yourself? What has worked for you when it comes to healing and what has not worked for you? Um, I like Matrina's point about talking to somebody, but I think it's the right person. Um, agree with some people not necessarily being the right pe- uh, person to talk to because they can't handle that um, conversation. So for me, it was psychologists. Um, yeah. They were unbiased. Um, they helped me work through different perspectives, different emotions, all that type of stuff. So for me, it was talking to somebody, but in my case, somebody professional um, that helped me through lots of different universities, a um, couple of different ones, which helped for different perspectives. Um, and I will always go back to time. Unfortunately for me, I need time. Um, maybe that's because I need to mature or I need longer to determine different perspectives or understand situations. Um, that is me personally. Um, the thing that didn't work, and I'll come back to talking to the right person, is having a conversation with a family member about the situation because you were suicidal at the time and being told to get over it. It's not the worst thing that it could happen. Um, and yes, I tried to open up um, about the situation that I was going through and that I was suicidal. And um, yeah, that family member told me to get over it. Um, it is not the worst thing that has ever happened to me or worst thing that's happened to anybody. And yeah, I think that's probably the worst thing. Correct. I think there's always solid people in your life that you can share your demons to and everything. And they're solid. Like Patrina, that for me, I will say anything. Like if I rocked up, I was like, oh my God, I've buried a body. She'd be like, okay, what are we going to do? Like, you know, she's that type of friend. We have not buried a bodies yet, guys. So just keep that in mind. But could bury them in Courtney's 40 acres that she's got. So there you go. Keep that one in mind. But you do need those rock solid people that are ride and die and won't even blink when you're like, I've fucking done this or I'm thinking this. You need that. And you'll figure that out with time, as you said, Courtney. It's those people you probably went to fucking high school with aren't necessarily going to be the people here today that are your ride and dies. And I was slightly offended that you've just discounted sex in the city's advice that friends are your therapists <laughs> when you said <laughs> professionals, 100%. But I do agree. There is some levels of um, situations in life where it is best to go to professionals because they do know what they're talking about. Your friendships can, as much as they can be your therapist at times with wine and stuff like that, may not give you the best advice in life or as you said, not be like biased as well because girlfriends can jump on the bandwagon of, yeah, we hate him too. <laughs> and they just count every sort of perspective that you have in life. But we do need those girls as well. I do love, like, thank you so much for opening up about that. That's, um, that's massive, 100%. Uh, Sarah, your turn. What, with your healing process, what's worked or what has not worked? 
Yeah, so I agree with Courtney about speaking to professionals. Um, I don't like going to psychologists. I just don't. I mean, we were made to as kids and I really don't like doing that. Um, so I prefer to go to Padres um, and they're really good because I, you know, believe in God as well. So they're quite spiritual and they'll listen to you and there's no judgment, like literally no judgment. They're not sitting there writing down notes. They're actually actively listening and engaging with you, which I really like. Don't tell um, them what a Padre is. Oh, a Padre. Oh, sorry. A Padre, <laughs> a padre is like a chaplain. But they are, yeah, like a military. Yeah, yeah military. Mil- mil- yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I just find that they're really good with healing. And speaking to, you know, my grandma or so my grandma and I are quite close, um, if I need to vent or have a chat with her, I have to be very careful because some things that I may say that happened in my past to me, she might not have been aware of. So then that sort of triggers, oh, I need to speak to, you know, another family member about this because this shouldn't have happened and so she kind of gets all in her feels about it and it's not and it wasn't meant to be like an attacking conversation or anything like that it was just you know you want to vent and you want to um get it all out but uh yeah so I agree going and speaking to a professional definitely helps I talked to my best friend but you know she uh <laughs> gets on me attacking like a little chihuahua <laughs> and just was like <laughs> but uh, <laughs> so I love her but yeah she's just uh just like, no, we need to cut them away. <laughs> Do you want me to kill them? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, yeah, I agree, definitely. That's a good way to heal is to let it all out and talk to a professional. And what hasn't worked for you? Um, I think I think speaking to the other side, so the other side of the family where a lot of the, the main brunt of the trauma happened, speaking to them about it, their perception that they say to me oh well that's your interpretation that's your perception of, of how things were and they don't acknowledge it they won't acknowledge the healing they won't acknowledge that any any trauma happened they just want to sweep it under the rug and not you know it didn't happen in their eyes so it's really it, it doesn't work when they say oh just go and speak to them that you know have a chat with them. because they don't want to know they're so cut off from it and they just their way of dealing with it is didn't happen that's your perception. You don't know. You're only little. You have no idea. So, mm. and you just think, well, I lived it. So it's not really acknowledging, you know, your pain. They're not acknowledging the trauma you went through. So it's really disheartening because it is family and you think that they would be supportive. And so, yeah, so that's not always the best idea to go talk to your family. <laughs> yeah. And it's in the case of even like abusers and stuff like that. You don't, I think many people used to think that you had to get an apology to forgive and let go. And I think, the complete opposite in my sort of perspective. Like I would never want to put that power and weight into his no. words, which have just fucked you over for how many sort of years. And even if they did apologise, they're not really apologising. They're no. just apologising that they got fucking caught and they're trying to make yep. themselves look better. So I think it's powerful if anyone is online list, sort of listening, you do not need someone else's words and apology for you to heal and sort of move forward. Don't give them that fucking power at all. I think the um, biggest thing is just the acknowledgement. That's all I would have ever wanted is just the acknowledgement of, yes, this did happen to you. Yeah. Yes. No, like it's not so much saying sorry. It's more just, okay, yeah, it did happen. Because the acknowledgement it, is hard though. It's, I, okay, I that's know, admitting I that they've done something. Yeah. Like I just need you to yeah. <laughs> yeah. acknowledge that this happened, you know, like acknowledge your feelings. I acknowledge that, you know. Yeah. But... <laughs> yeah. It's one of the hardest things for people to admit that they've done something wrong. And once you do that, especially like this is more domestic violence. Once they admit they've done something wrong, that's 
admitting fault and that mask coming off and people seeing who they are. So it gets even harder for them. And that's literally the first step is to acknowledge the hurt and situation for what it is. And I was speaking to that forgiveness sort of expert yesterday and she's like, sometimes you just got to acknowledge it yourself and just like put lay it out on the table like a butcher's paper and go, this is what fucking happened kind of thing. You setting the scene, acknowledging it for yourself and letting go and burning it kind of thing. She likes to burn a lot of things. So <laughs> maybe that's the thing. We have to burn a lot of paper and stuff and let it go. So <laughs> I love that. Belinda, what about yourself? What's worked and what hasn't worked for your healing journey? I am currently on my healing journey. So <laughs> I don't know yet. I love it. Uh, mine is not like childhood relationship. Mine is... Um, Workplace bullies. So I basically have severe PTSD, severe anxiety, a whole plethora of health issues just from work. So I am, you know, I took it upon myself to make psychologist appointments, to talk to someone. You know, I'm trying now to figure out my best healing Um, because I, I do forgive people but I never forget, like I said. And if that person is going to be around me, it's like in what capacity am I going to let you be in my life? You know, um, and I I just don't give everyone all the information. I I keep things to myself because I don't like everyone knowing everything. But if I'm really just wigging out, if I'm having an issue, I'll ring this one (laughs) because she's got her head screwed on properly. She'd be like, you're mental, settle down. I'm like, okay, cool. Yeah, no, all right. Yeah, 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 okay. And then she just talks to me like a normal person, not like, who do I have to kill? Who do I have to do this? You know, she talks to me like a normal person, not. And try to give you perspective. Yeah, like she tries to be like, well, maybe this happened or maybe this happened or. So I'm currently trying to figure out my healing at the moment. That's so good though. That's like. We so all just, go through it at different levels. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to think what, whereabouts you are in the Kubler-Ross process. Am I she in denial right now? Is she in bargaining? I don't know where she is sitting right now. <laughs> where is she at? <laughs> where is she at? But it, as you said, it's it's hard to find good friends that give you those perspectives that don't give you what you want to hear. You need those friends that will go, yeah, Petrina and I are very good like this. They're like, okay, let me hear it. You get it all off. And then you look at them like, oh, fuck, here we go. I'm going to I'm gonna cop it now because <laughs> like, like, you've just said it. Right. Yeah. And go. then they go, okay, so I know this is what you want me to say, but <laughs> this is what I'm really going to say. And you're like, this, you're so mean. <laughs> Tell me what I want to hear. I say this with love, but. Yeah. <laughs> but what is slavery? You know I love you, but. <laughs> and yeah, then exactly. she says things and you're like. I know. <laughs> yeah. You're like, I don't want to hear it. I get yeah, it. I just pretend right. that you're on my side. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Um, my last sort of question for you ladies is what is one tip that you would give people for letting go? Like just letting go of, and it could be something big or it could be just the little things in life, just letting go and releasing those because those little things add up and build up into fucking bigger things most of the time in our heads. So one tip you would give people for them to help them let them go and release all that. Who am I going to pick on? Who's Petrina's nodding her head the most, so let's go with her. One that's tip, called, Petrina. That's called active listening, Ashley. 
active if we're uh one tip okay uh i would say i would say that you really have to realize how much space you're taking up by holding on to something um and is that serving you in some cases cases it may serve you um but there must it, there has to come a point in time where it doesn't it no longer it can't serve you for the rest of your life um and really think about, well, you know, it's taking up this much space. What can I replace that space with? Um, because once you let go, you can fill that space with wonderful things in your life. Um, so I would say, you know, take the time to think about how much space. And when I say space, I mean, how often are you thinking about this shit? Is it every day? Are you laying in bed thinking about it? Are you talking to people about it every second day? How much space is that taking up? And what could you be doing instead of that? Love it. Very clever. Courtney, what about yourself? One tip for people? Just got to say, I love when Petrina speaks. She's always so wise. <laughs> um, I'll, take all, I'll take all her tips. <laughs> Give me all yeah. the tips. Um, so probably for me is don't compare your healing journey with anybody else's. Mm. We're all unique. We're all going to process things differently at different times. So if you're in a situation where you're going through these things, don't think that you should be doing it faster or don't think you should be doing it slower. Allow yourself the time and the space to do it for yourself and mm. allow yourself that time to heal. And it's always going to be different. So do not compare yourself. 100% I agree with that. And especially when people tell you, oh, just let it go, just let it go. If you're not ready, let it go. Fucking hold on to as much as you want until you're ready. Um, and keep in mind, people, that once you do let things go, it can come back and sort of trigger you again and you've got to start that process again. So it may take further time to just keep letting little bits go. You're not going to get it done on the first go. I'll tell you that fucking right now. Um, Belinda, what about yourself? One tip for people. Uh, mine would be pretty similar to Petrina's. Um, sometimes, okay, for a perfect example, the girl that frauded me, her name was Ashley. So every time I hear the word Ashley, I literally get an eye twitch. Yes. So, sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> it was not me, everyone. I tell you that right now. So, like when I met you and we got along really well, every time I heard the word Ashley, instead of associating it with something negative, I would yeah. then try and associate it with something positive. Yeah. So then instead of me going like, oh, fucking Ashley, I'm like, oh, Ashley, like, you know, I try and take myself in another direction. I don't try and let it, like, I, I miss my dad every day um, and my something reminds me of my dad every day <laughs> um, and I don't, I don't let those go. Like, I just keep thinking of him. But then if something negative comes into my brain, I then try and switch it to make it something positive. Um, and sometimes it's just like word association. Like I've got another friend, Ashley, who's a really, really, really good friend. So I just try and switch it up, you know, put something like something positive behind words that would have at one stage brought you down, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Like that, and or associate code names. Patrina and I have code yeah. names for dickheads, so she'll actually message me the code name, and I've got to think about. It. I'm like, fuck, which one's this? Like, I've got to backtrack. We do code names, um, or you, we do funny celebrations with each other. Patrina will buy a cockroach every year for Valentine's Day, and we'll label it these dickheads' names 
to see if the meerkat, what is it? A fucking meerkat goes to eat the cockroach. <laughs> love it. That's love right there. That's friendship goals. There you go. We'll give you the website details afterwards, guys. Yes. Uh, I love that. Sarah, what about yourself? One tip for people to let go. Yeah, I agree with Courtney in the sense that, you know, there is no set time for healing. Um, I'll give you a quick example. My son recently suffered a traumatic brain injury. Um, and since then, he's now been diagnosed with functional neurological disorder um, and a post-concussion syndrome. So, you know, and there's lots of people outside of the situation that think, oh, he should be better by now. Oh, he's fine. He's, he's fine. That's wrong with him. He's fine. But unfortunately, with this, t- this type of disorder, <clears throat> it can take years it can take months it can take you know whatever so he's on his own time schedule so you know there's no set set time for his healing so I just have to be there and support him and guide him and do the best that I can while he's on that journey you know with his healing so I think that's the biggest takeaway is that there is no set time he will heal in his in his own time he's doing awesome (laughs) thanks for that input there (laughs) Arnie B's here. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Well, this next segment is called You've Got the Power. So I'm sure you've been thinking of things that you want to ask people. You get one question to ask anyone online. So Courtney, Sarah, Belinda, Petrina, including myself, if you want to pick on me. Look at Courtney's thinking face right now, guys. Just like appreciate that. Just full on thinking. Does anyone want to go first? I love everyone's thinking face. This is fucking great. I'll go first. You go? Go, Courtney. Oh, sorry. (laughs) I thought of one. Um, Okay, I will go with Sarah. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Um, do Do you have any daily practices you use to continue your healing or forgiveness or letting go processes? Daily practices. Oh, geez. Um, just in general or, like, are you talking specific, like? Anything. Daily. <laughs> um, I don't know if it would be, like, a daily thing. I mean, obviously, the trauma, I mean, you just, it's always there in the back of your mind. And, unfortunately, for me, um, I guess daily interacting in, in a sense, with um, with people who have hurt me, um, it is you know it is difficult, and you have to be professional, and you have to go to work, and you know, or you have to you know in your home life wherever, and you have to sort of put on that front and be professional, and it's hard because you know you are still suffering and healing from that. So I think it's just yet yeah, you acknowledge it and you set aside a time where okay, this is my time to to fall apart. Like with Bailey, I'm very cognizant of the fact that I don't want to cry in front of him. I don't want to be upset in front of him. There are times when I do let it out because I think it is still important for him to see that. Um, But, you know, it's okay to not be okay, but you just can't stay that way forever. So you've just got to set yourself a time and say, okay, look, this is my half hour. I'm just going to ball. And I ring ring Belinda and say, I'm just going to cry. You know, you just let it all out because that's very important. You need to give yourself that time to acknowledge it free yourself and yeah so it might not be every day but once or twice a week I'll be in that shower having a cry because just letting that stress out or going and talking to the padres or whatever because it is important it's like a how do I describe it so going and speaking to the padres for me is like 
I would explain it the same way as you would go and service your car before it breaks down. So going and speaking to someone, it's like an oil change for your soul. Love that. Love it. That Thank you, Sarah. Like <laughs> Sarah, do you have a question for anyone? I'm trying to think, girls. Um, you put me on the spot. I have a question um, for Katrina. In your, you know, big corporate office setting, how <laughs> does one deal with assholes in the workplace? Katrina's well, very good at this. <laughs> Very good at handling our assholes, yes. Am I? <laughs> Just like, I, I guess uh, the question would be how do you, like if someone's just being completely unpleasant, how do you just like stick it to them and do your own, like and proceed to do your own job well? Like, mm-hmm. Do you know, um, uh, this has worked for me um, and I guess it depends on the level of assholeness. Um, yes. But... What I think is really important is never accepting or tolerating uh, bad behaviour. If you accept it once, and when I say accept it, don't pretend it didn't happen, um, yes. particularly in a group setting. Don't ignore it. Don't pretend it didn't happen. Don't um, just leave things unsaid. I very quickly deal with attitude. Um, it, even the slightest little hint, I will stop and address that straight away. And then it never builds. It never gets any worse because they know I'm going to address it. They know they're not going to get away with that with me. But if you don't address it and you walk out of that room and you think, gee, that person was a real asshole," (laughs) the next time they'll be a bigger asshole, And that will actually build because they know they can get away with it. Uh, So that would be my advice. You know, nip it in the bud very quickly at the slightest hint. Don't wait for it to be a level that um, is way more unpleasant and way harder to manage. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Thank you. Katrina, do you have a question for anyone? I do. Um, I was going to ask Courtney. Um, I I know my question. I was trying to choose who to ask. um, And and Courtney, I've chosen you because you've spoken about a few different instances um, where you've, you've, you know, had abuse or trauma to deal with. Um, My question is this. In terms of forgiveness, what is the difference of you forgiving someone and not not telling them that you've forgiven them versus you telling them that you've forgiven them? That is a powerful question. Yeah. Um, yeah, okay. So I get that. I really do. I'm just trying to work out the best words to use to answer that. Um, I actually don't think I've ever told my mum that I've forgiven her. Mm. I think I think actions speak louder than words. So when she did apologise, I don't actually think that I said I forgive you. I kind of gave her a hug and said, it's okay, we're going to be okay now. I don't know why I didn't say the words, I forgive you. Mm. Um, Maybe because at that point I wasn't ready for it and I probably haven't ever said that to her. But my actions, I think, speak louder than words. Like I'll reach Mm. out to her and have conversations with her. Um, And I think the difference between my, my ex is I had 
to cut ties. So I've, and I've never forgiven him and I probably never will. I've forgiven myself and my part. Um, so I think it, it was completely two polar opposites. And I think it comes back to even something that you said, whether they're in your life for good or you, you want them to be part of your life or not. Mm. Um, my mum is obviously my mother. Right? Um, I made that choice to work through that and understand that to keep her in my life. Um, and she was an integral part of when I had my a relationship breakdown, whereas I cut ties completely with my ex, um, which also <laughs> cut ties with half of my family as well. Um, but yeah, it, it's a very big difference between saying it and not saying it and whether I actually said the words or not. I mm. still think actions speak louder than words um, in my instance with my mum. Thank you. That was a hard question. Fuck, mm. you just came out swinging with that one. Well, it's interesting, right, because you hear people say, I've forgiven them, but they're not talking to them. They haven't said it to them. And then maybe they haven't shown it. Maybe they'll never speak to that person again. Um, mm. So I just, I think that's an interesting concept to forgive. Do you need to tell the other person? Who are you forgiving? Are you forgiving yourself or are you forgiving them? Mm. Yeah, there's a big difference, 100%. Um, who has not asked a question yet? Sarah, do you have a question for anyone? Sorry. <laughs> it can be anything. Yeah. It can be anything. Oh, I'm trying to think. All right. All right, I'll ask Ash a question then. So, as a fellow single mama, how do you juggle your full-time job and the children and the podcast and everything else in your life, girl? Because it's a tough gig, <laughs> let me tell you. Like, and it's just added a whole other level of tough because Bailey's now, like, needs my attention more. And I've just gotten two little puppies. I just picked them up yesterday. <laughs> Good <laughs> luck with that. Yeah, <laughs> destroy everything. <laughs> yeah, so how do Put you, your, you your nice shoes up? That's what I've learned very quickly. <laughs> it's a good one. Yes. Yeah. Oh, it's so people. So many people. So when I go speak at big conferences and events, I think it's quite funny that if I'm sitting on a panel, I'll have all these men. There'll be me, and all the women will ask me that question, but no one will ask the guys that. Um, which I really I think is quite funny because it's like well obviously you guys don't uh, like juggle it or we just don't see men that sort of way in juggling things. But for me, I don't know any different from doing it all my own. So I've never had that luxury, I guess, of having a partner or a stable sort of father figure or anything like that in my son's life to help me balance that shit out. I've always done it for myself. Yeah. What I have. One of my superpowers is I'm very fast and time efficient. Petrina will be able to tell me. She's like, I don't know how the fuck Ashley does all that in those hours, but I'm very fast. I'm a very fast worker and I get shit done very quickly. So I think that's really helped me manage it all. But what I've learned over the last sort of couple of years is I communicate expectations to my son, for example, to say, look, Today, for example, I've got a podcasting probably for about four hours trying to edit and do all this sort of stuff. But then in this time, we'll do this. Like I will tell him when we have designated time, but he appreciates that to go, I'm not going to go piss off mom and go, are you done yet? Are you done yet? Because then that would just add to my fucking frustration. And then I'll be <laughs> like, well, we're not doing this at this time now because you piss me off all day kind of thing. Yeah. So 
I, I really, I'm very open like that. Um, Patrina's probably seen that. We've got a really good adult, adult relationship, me and him. So that's helped me. But it also, people and friends that I surround myself with know that as well to go, okay, I can't go out every fucking day and every night and see you all because I'll end up blocking you for a year because <laughs> I'll be so <laughs> overwhelmed by all the socializing. So yeah. it's, managing those expectations with your friends and stuff like that to go I physically emotionally and energy wise cannot come see you all every fucking weekend if I have a social calendar and I have to see someone every weekend I will disappear like and you won't hear from me for months you all know that you've probably all experienced it with me I'm like not done so what I do now is I manage my time to go this weekend and this weekend's dedicated to Ashley podcasting Mm-hmm. and like Nate kind of thing and these weekends can be for more social interactions to balance it all out but it's you setting that time and being aware of where your energy is as well I think energy management is a huge fucking thing and knowing your stress levels and stuff like that that would be my it probably did not help you whatsoever but that's how I manage it no um, yeah um, we just wing it girl we just wing it. Yeah. I do not wing anything in life I'll tell you that right now <laughs> I will joke about it and be like, yeah, let's wing it. But inside I've already calculated the next sort of 10 Jesus steps, not. how long it's going to take. <laughs> that, that. I don't wing shit. So <laughs> any final sort of questions or comments before we wrap this up, ladies? I think I think just one thing when you were talking about um, how men don't get often asked that same question. Um, I've seen it as well where, you know, if I need to go away for work, I'll get asked, oh, well, who's going to watch the children while you go away? Do you think the males get asked that same question? I do not think so. No. So I see the same stuff as well. (laughs) It's crazy. It's very interesting, um, but it's also something that I think is better for women now. If I look back on my career, when I first started 10 years ago, I would have a meltdown that I was a single mom and I would be too scared to tell people that I was a single mom and how I was going to manage it. But now in my like new job, for example, I told them I'm a single mom. I live this far away. I cannot do this, this and this. If you want me to do it, I can only do on school holidays to go travel around fucking Australia in your little planes and stuff like that. (laughs) But just communicating that they get it straight away they're like I'm like no I'm not I can't do it I haven't got that sort of support system um which they're a lot better with even with conferences they're like do you want to bring your son I'm like he does have school do you do you know that (laughs) I love that you're offering that like I love it as a company that they're offering them like but he does have school (laughs) (laughs) that's a wrap up ladies thank you so much for attending no way thank you That is a wrap up of this week's episode with This Is 30 podcast. If you loved this podcast episode and you learned something from it, don't forget to rate and review because this helps us push up our podcast up the ranks to help other hot messes out there. But also share this podcast episode on your social media and tag us in it because you never know who out of your friends and family that are following you need to hear this right now and are struggling with the same issue. So this may empower them and motivate them in some way. If you're not already following me on Instagram, which is so rude, by the way, you can follow me at thisis30 underscore podcast. 
And lastly, if there's any particular topics that you want us to discuss from the panelists and hear their perspectives, hit me up. I'm giving you permission to slide into my DMs. And I never say that. So you're welcome. You should feel lucky. That is it, Hot Messes. I will speak to you all next week.